Hey everybody, this is Carlos Ledo, the host of the MIA All Day Podcast, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free, and there's certain tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and it's so easy to use. Believe me, I am not a technical giant, and this has been a, a fantastic experience for me and my podcast thus far. Not only that, Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and many other platforms. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's got everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So today, go out there, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm and get started. Hey, welcome to the MIAL Day podcast. This is your host, Carlos Ledo. I've been gone for uh, a little bit, two weeks, just like the Canes on the bye week. Um, haven't recorded anything and have decided to wait until the 11th hour here at 11.45 in the morning on game day against North Carolina to record a three and out for you. So um, I decided to do this because, uh, one, I love doing the podcast, love getting this kind of information down, love breaking stuff down and looking ahead to the game that's going to happen for the Canes. And two, because I've annoyed my wife to the point where she told me, please go podcast and stop talking to me about football and the Hurricanes. I can't take it anymore. And my daughter agreed. So here I am. Let's go. Three and out. All right. First down, a little different format this week. We are not going to look back at the past game. We're going to jump right into the current opponent. We've heard enough about Virginia and the doink off the uh, upright. So let's move forward to North Carolina. Um, this week, we are playing a North Carolina team that's you know markedly different than last year's team. Last year... North Carolina was averaging roughly 42 points a game. Uh, they had an incredible combo with Javante Williams and Michael Carter running the football 2,000-yard backs. They had Dayami Brown and Daz Newsom outside, and they were a dynamic offense. And, and Sam Howell really had that offense humming this year. A um, little bit different story. Josh Downs basically is their offense in the passing game, and Ty Chandler is an okay running back, but Sam Howell is actually shouldering a lot of that burden in the run game too. So it's really a different kind of offense. They're not as dynamic as they used to be. Uh, they're not as uh, unpredictable as they used to be a year ago. So that's really changed things for them. Their current overall PFF offensive grade is 65.76, which is not great. It's basically average compared to what they were last year, which is, as you know, a dynamic and explosive offense, which basically racked up 10,000 yards and 150 points against the Hurricanes. Um, so this year coming into the game, we're looking at a different style of offense. They're, they're primarily a zone run team this year. They're not running many, many schemes where they're pulling and running power and trap and those kinds of things like they did last year. This year is more of a zone zone read scheme. That's how Sam Howell's partly getting involved in the run game. He's also getting involved in design runs for him, but he's getting a lot of his yardage on scrambles and what as well. Ty Chandler has 484 yards on the ground and five touchdowns. And funny enough, he's got 321 of those and four touchdowns to the left side. So primarily, he they, they run him to the left side on zone reads, it seems, because Sam Howell, most of his yards are coming around the right end of the offensive line. So it seems to me that they are running a lot of zone read going left, Sam Howell coming back right if he keeps, uh, and then the bulk of his yardage on the, on the design runs is off the zone reads, but the bulk of his yardage are really on scrambles. So he's got 538 yards total and three touchdowns running the ball. 203 yards of those are on the right side, like I said, coming around the right side. And 286 of those yards have been on scrambles. So it's going to be important the Hurricanes containing him and keep him in the pocket. Um, as far as passing this year, Sam Howell is 
112 and 185, 60.5%, 16 touchdowns, five INTs. Um, how does that compare to last year? Well, I mean, he had an amazing year last year. And uh, it's it's hard to compare just because he doesn't have the weapons. And I think he's trying to press too much and do a little too much in the passing game and the running game just because he knows he needs to step up. So last year he threw for 3,586 yards, 30 touchdowns, 7 INTs. He had a rating of 179.1, which is pretty incredible. Um, you know, it, it, it seems like this year, because of that extra burden, Sam Howell isn't as efficient. Um, and you can't blame him. I mean, he's still pretty good, though. I mean, his rating is 160.7 this year, and he's doing the best he can with the offensive weapons he's got around him. But his involvement in the run game is really surprising and really different compared to a year ago where we didn't see Sam Howe really getting involved in the run game uh, as much. Last year, he only ran the ball 92 times for 146 yards. And this year, like I said already, he's he's already picked up um, you know 396 yards rushing and three touchdowns, which is pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Um, so what are we looking at with the North Carolina offense aside from Sam Howell? Uh, we're looking at Josh Downs. He's their most explosive weapon. He's got 49 catches for 741 yards, 15 yards a catch, seven touchdowns. Against Virginia, his best game, he had eight catches for 203 yards and two touchdowns, averaging over 25 yards a catch. They target Josh Downs 11.6 times per game, meaning they throw this guy the ball basically or throw at him at least 12 times a game. Um, that means they're going to be coming at uh, whoever's in the slot covering this guy a whole lot this game, and we need to be prepared for that. Uh, most of his production comes in the middle of the field between the numbers. He's got 36 catches for 524 yards and three touchdowns in that middle of the field area between the numbers, uh, between zero and 20 yards. Um, and then he's got, of those of his most of his production, 14 catches for 223 yards and a touchdown between zero and 10 yards. So a lot of it isn't deep ball strikes to this guy. They're getting the ball to him in space in the middle of the field uh, and, and deep crosses, uh, hitches, and they'll give him, you know, now screens will bubble it to him. They'll move him around. So it, it's not something where he's just bombing people down the field. He's actually working the, the defense and, and getting those catches and making yards after the catch and really making it difficult on the defense with his movement. The next, uh, the, the next most productive guy on the North Carolina offense in terms of, of receiving this year is Emory Simmons. And he's only got 11 catches for 243 yards. Um, I mean, Josh Downs has 49 catches for 741 yards. That tells you how much they rely on Josh Downs as a weapon in, in, there at North Carolina. Um, the two receivers combined behind Josh Downs, Emory Simmons and Antoine Green, have combined for 21 catches for 455 yards. They can't even replicate his catch numbers and yard numbers. Um, they aren't as effective as him. So they're not. they're only there as sort of like outlets for Sam Howell and not actual weapons. Um, their tight end, Kamari Morales, um, he's an okay tight end. He's uh, he's he's 50-50 in terms of run to snap, run pass snaps to, I mean, pass snaps to run snaps. Uh, his pass blocking was okay this season. It was 70.72 until, in terms of PFF grades, until he hit FSU, which uh, he put up a big fat 29 in terms of his run blocking grade, his pass blocking grade, and that dropped him to a 66 overall in pass blocking. His run blocking grade, um, for the season is only 59.6. So he's not a great run blocker. He's only had one game above 65, which for those of you who know PFF numbers, that's average. Uh, and that was against Virginia. And he's got four games under 60 in terms of his run blocking grade. So to me, if the Hurricanes are going to apply pressure and they're going to come at somebody and they're going to try and find ways to stuff the run, I mean, they could, they could maul this guy at tight end and try and create some chaos that way. 
Uh, their offensive line struggles to pass block. Um, they've given up a ton of sacks. They've given up 23 sacks this year, which ranks 124th out of 130. To give you some perspective, um, Miami's offensive line, as we know, sucks, and we've given up 16 sacks, and we're ranked 116th out of 130. So we are less sucky than they are in terms of pass protection. So that should give you a good idea of how, how they're struggling on the offensive line. Their overall pass protection grade as a unit is 67.62, which is slightly average uh, compared to when you're talking about PFF numbers. Um, their starting five offensive linemen have allowed 39 pressures and seven of those sacks that they've given up. Their right side of the offensive line is their strongest side with their guard tackle combo combining for an overall grade of 72.8 combined on average. Um, so that means they're slightly above average, a little bit above average. Um, they're better pass blockers and run blockers. Their left tackle, uh, Asim Richards, has an overall grade of 58.5 uh, as an offensive lineman. His run blocking grade is a 51.7, so he's not a great run blocker. And his pass blocking grade is 66.8. So the left tackle is someone they need to take advantage of. They try and balance that out with their left guard, which I think is their probably the best offensive lineman, which is Joshua Zidu. His overall grade is a 76.8. He's a good run blocker at 80.7, really good. But his pass blocking is a grade at 69.5. Um, their center, I think that's their major problem. Uh, we've had that issue with Corey Gaynor. Um, with Karan, their center number 69, Karan Johnson, his overall grade is a 59. He's, a 40, he's got a 44 uh, pass blocking grade and a 66 run blocking grade. So, I mean, if you're going to attack these guys, you can attack them basically in the center guard spot. And on the left side, uh, in terms of their, their bringing pressure for the Hurricanes. So you want to bring pressure in those A and B gaps on that left side and try and disrupt the offense with pressure. They haven't done a great job of pass blocking. They haven't done a great job of protecting Sam Howell. And that's forced Sam Howell to get out of the pocket and scramble on and pick up a lot of yards. So that's what we've seen from them so far this season. All right. So now coming up, let's go look at that North Carolina defense on second down. All right, second down. Let's look at that Carolina defense. What are the Hurricanes looking at when they're on the offensive side of the ball? What's sitting across from them? So Carolina's defense, they're uh, they're currently allowing 26.7 points per game. That's 77th out of 130. And guess who's right behind them? The Miami defense giving up 27 points a game. We are ranked 78th out of 130 in the country. Um, so this is basically a battle of two really bad defenses right now. And basically this team kind of, these teams mirror each other not just because of their high expectations and bad starts comparative to that, to those expectations, but just the way they're playing. I mean, offensively, at least Carolina's put up some points against uh, FBS competition and power five competition where the hurricanes have just not done anything on offense at all. Um, their average defensive grade and losses this year is a 60.73, which is obviously below average. They've given up 23 trips to the red zone and given up 18 scores. Um, and th of those 18 scores, 13 of them have been touchdowns. So that's, that's a lot. That's a high percentage in terms of their, um, touchdowns to scores allowed in the red zone. Uh, Miami has allowed 14 trips to the red zone and we've given up 13 scores, meaning we don't stop anyone when they get in the red zone, but they have held people to eight touchdowns. So their percentage in terms of allowing touchdowns in the red zone is much lower. Um, right now they're giving up 371 and a half yards a game. That's 63rd out of 130 Miami again. 385.6 yards a game. That's 75th out of 130. Thank God for Central Connecticut State helping those averages out. Um, they've got 11 sacks this year, which is tied for 90th out of 130. To tell you how bad that is, Miami is ranked 50th out of 130. We've got 12 sacks. So neither team gets a lot of pressure or gets pressure, but doesn't come up with sacks. Um, that's been an issue for the Hurricanes, as you know, and it's been an issue for North Carolina. Whoever is able to apply pressure on the quarterback this game, I think is going to have a big advantage because they haven't done it this year. 
Another thing that I think is going to be a big advantage is whoever wins a turnover battle because both teams are negative in turnover margin. Carolina's only created four interceptions this season, and that ranks them 60th out of 130. Miami is worse. We've only come up with three interceptions, which ranks us 88th out of 130. So something's got to give. Somebody's got to come up, come up with a pick, come up with some turnovers. Uh, whoever does that, I think, is going to have the advantage in this game. Their best defensive lineman is their nose tackle, number 51, uh, Raymond Voshek. He's a solid tackler. He's a run stuffer. Their leading tackler is number zero, Jaquarius Conley. He basically plays their version of the striker, of the striker, but he's a bad tackler. His his PFF tackle grade is a 42.1. He's missed 10 tackles this year, which I mean, I know, coming from a Miami guy in Miami, missing 10 tackles to us would be, wow, amazing. Uh, for them, it's pretty bad. He's got a missed tackle percentage of 23.8%. Their second leading tackler is Cedric Gray, number 33. Uh, he's He's a bad run defender. His, his run def, uh, defending grade is a 57.0 uh, from PFF. It's slightly below average. He's a slightly below average tackler at 64.4 in his PFF grade. He's missed five tackles. He's got a 12.8% missed tackle rate. Uh, their best pass rusher is number 25 defensive end, Kamon Rucker. He's got three sacks. You know, we talked about them not having a lot of sacks. This guy's produced three of them. Uh, his pass rush grade is a 74 from PFF, which is pretty solid. Um, so that's the guy to look for to create pressure on our end if they're not creating pressure with blitzes. Um, North Carolina's cornerbacks are not good. Their best corner is number 20, Tony Grimes. He's got a pass coverage rate, uh, pers- uh, pass coverage grade of 66.5 from PFF. Um, you know, he's, he's okay. Not a big guy, not a fast guy. He's just average. Uh, basically their other corner, number one, Kyler Michael is terrible, or should I use Barkley voice? Terrible. So, um, his passing, uh, his pass defense grade, his coverage grade from PFF is 47.4. Now we know 65 is average. 47.4, that is bad. Uh, you're failing miserably there. He's given up 78% completion percentage. So anytime they throw the ball at him, 78% of the time you're completing it. He's given up four touchdowns, which is the highest on the team. And his missed tackle rate is 31.3%. So what does that mean? Miami needs to attack number one. They need to go at him in the air. They need to throw now screens at him. They need to throw bubble screens at him. They need to try and make him come up and make tackles on on wide runs, whether it's outside zone or jet sweep or whatever the case may be. Need to go at him because this guy is not good in any area. Um, And if he's bad, can you imagine how bad his backup is? So the next guy we want to talk about is their free safety, Trey Morrison. He's given up three touchdowns and the completion percentage on him is 73%. So if you're thinking about maybe they should protect him by bracketing receivers and rotating that free safety over, not going to help. This guy's pretty bad too. So hopefully they take advantage of that uh, in this game. So North Carolina's defense, as we talked about, not great, pretty average, maybe below average. Uh, offense is a little bit better. They can be explosive when the time comes, uh, but Miami's got to be ready for it, and they're going to know what to look for. All right, let's go third down. What do the Canes need to do to win? All right, much talk over the last few weeks about Fireman Diaz. Uh, he's not getting the job done. We don't want to see him anymore. And some people would rather see us lose this game than win it just so they can get Manny out the door faster. I am not one of those people. I get why they feel that way. And you know what? Everybody's entitled to their opinion. And I get the frustration. But, man, I, I really think Miami has a chance to win this game. And there's a chance that they could really come out, come away with a convincing victory. But they need to do a few things to do that. So what do they need to do? First and foremost, I think they need to run the ball to take the pressure off TVD. You know, he's a young quarterback. We saw him. He looked a little deer in the headlights early in the game against uh, Virginia. I think they did him a disservice by not trying to establish the run game against a bad run defense early on to take that pressure off. And it took a while to get him into the groove. 
Hopefully that doesn't happen this game. Hopefully it can get them settled down early. They could run the ball against this bad run defense again um, and, and try and see where they can pick their spots to try and get him in the flow with the passing game. Uh, one of the things that we we saw towards the end of the, of the Virginia game was the offensive line came together a little bit, started getting movement. And I'll tell you what, based on the PFF numbers uh, and everybody's snaps, the current five guys that are going to be out there on Saturday or today <laughs> um, are actually the best group in terms of grades. So Zion at left tackle, Navon Donaldson at left guard, Ja'Kai Clark at center, uh, DJ Scaife at right guard, and Jared Williams at right tackle are the best, the highest graded guys, believe it or not, at each position for the Hurricanes on the season. That means Jalen Rivers scored below Navon Donaldson in terms of PFF grade. Corey Gainer scored below Ja'Kai Clark. And Justice Hall with Susan uh, basically scored lower than everybody. So, um, you know, Navon Donaldson's pass blocking has been good. His run blocking has been atrocious. If he can pick that up a little bit, man, I think we're going to be okay in the run game. Um, UNC has had a lot of issues in their losses against mobile quarterbacks. We saw that last week uh, with, with Jordan Travis at Florida State. But our mobile quarterback is on the shelf for the season. So what do we do? TVD is not that mobile. He can move a little bit. He can scramble, pick up first downs if he needs to. But how do you apply pressure on them um, by having an extra blocker, essentially, that the mobile, mobile quarterback gives you um, and, and try and take advantage of that deficiency they have? Well, I would say you put Jalen Knighton in the Wildcat. Um, let him run a few packets and run a package for him doing that with him and Ken Harris in the backfield and then running motion across with either Restrepo or Brashard Smith, probably Brashard Smith, and, and really put pressure on the defense that way. You know, run that um, for half a series or a series and see what it gets you uh, to try and put pressure on them or mix it in throughout the game. I think you got to take shots down the field, particularly when you are looking at cornerback number one that we just discussed um, and the free safety coming over the top. So Kyler Michael, number one, and free safety number four, Trey Morrison. If you see them lined up on the same side of the field, you got to attack that side of the field. There's going to be completions there. you got to have at it. Um, you've got to protect the ball. Um, obviously, the turnover battle in this game is going to be huge. Turnovers give you a short field, takes away possessions from the other team. And it's something the Hurricanes have been done all season. And I think North, and North Carolina hasn't either. So whoever wins that turnover battle is really going to get a great advantage in this game. You've got to limit explosive plays if you're the Hurricanes. I mean, last year we saw them destroy us with explosive runs. This year you've got to limit Josh Downs in terms of his explosive plays. You can't let a five-yard completion turn into a 30-yard gain. You can't let a 10-yard um, curl turn into a 50-yard touchdown. You need to limit him to 10 yards per catch or less. He's going to get catches. They target him, like we said, basically 12 times a game. They're going to keep going at him because that's their guy. But if he averages 10 yards a catch or less, he can get 100 yards. This is going to take him 10, 11, 12 yards a catch, 10, 11, 12 catches to get to that 100-yard mark. And now you've limited that explosive play. How do you do that? I mean, he's in the slot mostly. I think you put to Corey Couch in the slot this game, let him work with him one-on-one. -on -one. He's the fastest corner, the best coverage corner we got. And you let the outside guys play outside with uh, Tyreek Stevenson, um, DJ Ivy, hopefully not, Marcus Clark, or Isaiah Dunson out there. And you you let Corey Couch just focus on Josh Downs. Um, you still have to stop the run. I mean, it's not the same team as last year that gave, that gave us all that trouble in the run game, but Miami's been bad against the run this season too. So hopefully we can limit um, Ty Chandler's uh, run game, opportunities in the run game. No, he likes to go left. Shut that down on that side. So the, the, the guys on the right side of the defensive line are, are going to have to step up. Um, the weak side linebackers, more, for the most part, are going to have to step up, Wayman Steed, and uh, be particularly prepared to watch Sam Howell pulling and going around the right end on those zone reads 
and keep an eye on him when he scrambles. Um, most teams, when they, they have a mobile quarterback playing against or they're playing against a mobile quarterback, like to spy with a linebacker. I wouldn't suggest that. Our linebacker is not athletic enough to do that with Sam Howell. We're going to get destroyed if we do that. I think whoever's playing striker at the moment, or if we have a third safety in the game, needs to spy Sam Howell and be prepared on that right edge uh, of the offense, which is, would be our left side of the defense, to stay there, uh, to spy him and and make a play if he tries to to scramble for some yardage or pull in his own read. Um, that gives us a little bit more athleticism. At the same time, I think, like I discussed, the interior of UNC's line is not great. Their, their center is not, not, a, not a very good. I think, you know, uh, LT is going to have a big game, JHH. And Nesta, they could all have big games. So Leonard Taylor, Gerard Harrison, Jared Harrison Hunt, and Nesta could have big games playing inside, creating chaos, disrupting that offensive line. Um, if they, if we're going to run blitzes, I think those blitzes have to be in the A-gap. That's that gap between the center and guard um, and really create pressure that way. And when you do that, remember, Josh Downs likes to work likes to work the middle of the field. So you got to watch the slants and you got to watch the crossing routes. Um, so what would I do? I would, if you're going to blitz the linebackers in those A-gaps, you got to rotate a striker or a safety down in that middle of the field to try and take that away and try and maybe sneak a pick or steal a pick uh, from Sam Howell trying to go to Josh Downs in the middle of the field. I think it's very important the Hurricanes start strong in that first quarter. Um, they've got to they've got to move the ball in the first quarter. They got to get some points, even a field goal. If they can get even two field goals in that first quarter or a touchdown, I think they'll be in good shape. If they can play from uh, being in front, that'd be fantastic um, and put more pressure on North Carolina. Sam Howell's been pressing a lot this season when they've been down. When he's done that, he's gotten careless with the football. He's tried to do too much and turnovers occur from that and bad plays. So I'd like to see that happen. Need to start off strong and play well. From there, um, and like I said, I think the the key here is um, on offense also is to attack their corners, not just downfield, but attack them with now sc- now screens, so quick screens to the receivers, bubble screens, run at them, run wide to them, make them defend the jet sweep, make them defend outside runs, make them come up in tackles, uh, force the safeties to come down into the box, and then throw over the top. I think if they have no safety help, these corners, as bad as they are, will be even worse. So hopefully we can get those safeties to rotate down in the box and take our shots down the field. And uh, we'll see what happens. So our fourth and final down, prediction time. All right, fourth down. Told you about North Carolina's offense. Told you about their defense. Told you about what the Canes need to do to win. So what's going to happen? Man, I know I know the Canes have been sloppy. I know they've been bad this year. They've been inconsistent. They've been terrible tackling. They've been uh, really bad blocking on the offensive line. But... I have a feeling that this is a game that they can turn things around. I think there's an opportunity here for them to take a step forward, uh, get a win, get some confidence. Even if it's an ugly win, it doesn't matter. Just get a W on the road against a team that mauled you last season and get to one and one in the ACC. If you can do that and you're one and one in the Coastal, I know it's an Al Goldenism, but the Coastal is ahead of you. So let's make it happen. I mean, I think the Canes can win 31-27 today. Uh, I think if turnovers go their way, they can win by maybe double digits, maybe 10. Um, I, I wouldn't count on it, but the hope is that they find a way to exploit these weaknesses in North Carolina. There's a lot of telling stuff that I that I found in those numbers, like I told you. Like I said, Ty Chandler's going to go left 60% of the time in the run game. Sam Howell's mostly going to come around the right edge uh, when he pulls or he scrambles. Um, Josh Downs is going to work the middle of the field. And, and uh, you know, not deep over the middle of the field. He's going to work that intermediate to, to, to short yardage area over the middle of the field. Their offensive line isn't great. We can create pressure for once and get some sacks. Their corners are bad. You know, there's opportunities here. Uh, I, I think the disadvantage that we have that's really been a problem for them has been 
not having a mobile quarterback because those mobile quarterbacks have killed them. That's why I think that that wildcat package with Jalen Knighton in the backfield along with Cam Harris and bringing Brashard Smith and maybe or Xavier Restrepo in motion to add another threat would be a nice little package to mix in to make them defend more guys. Because uh, the thing about having a mobile quarterback is you get an extra blocker, essentially, because uh, the quarterback is a threat with the ball. So Hurricanes can need all the blockers they can get. Like I said, the offensive line looks a lot better. Uh, this five now is, is the highest graded group. They found something, I think, in that second half. I think TVD found something in that second half after he had that 24-yard touchdown run against Virginia. I think he's he's gotten the confidence uh, to feel like he belongs. Uh, now that he knows it's his team, there's no looking over his shoulder. I think he's going to feel more comfortable also. And uh, he's there's nowhere to go but up for him. I think he's going to have a solid game as long as they protect him and as long as we can run the ball and alleviate some of that pressure off him. I think the Hurricanes will be okay. So I'm thinking Hurricanes, 31-27. Go Canes.